right, all right, all right. Welcome to Talking With Kevin and Son. We're doing something very special today. This episode is brought to you by RMK Productions and the 10 United Podcast Network. Our mission is to uplift through the power of story, inspire and uplift people, and share the perspectives and experiences using the framework of teaching, learning, and modeling. Our purpose is hope. But I'm going to tell you today, this is something different. We are going to ignore everything I just said because I have a very, very special guest. Not only is he a special guest, he is a good friend of mine. He's like a brother. He's my mentor. I can tell you almost every single possible thing that I've ever said, motivational-wise or whatever, I've been inspired by someone that's greater. I mean, the only person greater than this is our our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. But this man is one of the world's most renowned motivational speakers in the country, sought after by uh, Fortune 500 companies, small businesses, women's groups, and whatever. This man is the man. And if you don't know who I'm talking about, I am talking about my brother from another mother, Mr. Les Brown. We're also joined by his assistant, Miss Nina Bentley. And and who 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 would say that? Les is Brown's best friend and assistant is named after one of the most expensive cars on the road, Bentley. So I am going to turn over this show. And for my listeners, you are going to be treated to something special. He's talking about my book today. So I have no idea what Les is going to ask me. Where, like I said, he knows me better than all, my own mother. And um <laughs> Tune in. You may be surprised in what you may learn. The name of the book is Dating with a Full Deck, authored by yours truly, Kevin McLemore. Les Brown, take over my show. Thank you so very much. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk with you. You know, I was thinking about when I had the talk show in New York. You had me in good shape. Oh, man, man. I was a bad dude. I had it going on then. Yeah, you I, what, I was, Yeah, How old was I then? Uh, I'm seven, I just turned 78 February the 17th. That had to be my oldest is 27, 28 years ago because my, my firstborn, Alex, just turned 29 um, last wow. week. So it's been a long time. And believe Yes, me, it has. But we're still here. And that's a wonderful thing. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very different space where we are. And we're so glad to have. Uh, Nina Simone Bentley, her mother loved Nina Simone, and they have the same type of feisty personalities. I met Nina Simone. And so we're so glad to have some input from a female in the conversation that we're going to have. It's been shown and statistics have reflected when there's chaos and turbulence and stress, when unemployment goes up 1%, 10,000 women are beaten. When someone loses their job, go through a foreclosure, life turned upside down like the pandemic, domestic violence increases, the ability to find and connect with someone in a meaningful relationship that's going in the same direction that you're going, it becomes very difficult because there are a lot of people operating out of a sense of destiny, out of a people that, that just want a warm body. And they've become experts of being an imposter. Many relationships break up like the last one I had. I wasn't who she thought I was and she wasn't who I thought she was. I call that delayed enlightenment. But the Dating with a Full Deck book, is a book that, that really operates off the premise that it's better to, to take your time, be patient, and gain some insight, and become familiar with, and ask some strategic questions so that you can know who you're talking to. Are you talking to the presenter, or are you talking to the real person? I remember reading a book called well, I'm afraid to tell you who I am because you might not tell me and that's all I've got. And so what this does is in a very subtle and profound way, allows a person to ask some questions that are penetrating, that's insightful, that allow you to methodically begin to peel back the various covers that people are hiding behind 
and you get to see the real thing before you decide to hook up so that you don't end up singing a song I feel lonely whenever you are around. <laughs> it, 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 it keeps you from becoming discouraged from a relationship where you operate out of the thinking of a disc jockey years ago out of New York, Frankie Crocker. He said, it's better to be alone than to wish you were. <laughs> We're talking about relationships up in here, up in here. Kevin, what inspired you to write this book? Well, believe it or not, it's being um, uh, honest. Um, it it took me um, took me from um, discovering I was getting a divorce from my first wife, my children's mother, that I had to discover my own truth. And one of the things that I I knew, and if I had had known it, known what I know now. Um, back then, I'd probably still be married to her. And learning from my my friends, because when when you break up, everyone gives you good advice whenever I tell you about the um, dating site you should be on. And I learned from my my friends, both male and female, of all the dating sites that were in, and the stories were hilarious. But one of the things that I, I discovered is that, you know, the average person spends six months into a relationship before they find out exactly who the person they are with. And sometimes we enter the relationship because we are too damaged to realize what a good relationship is um, um, really is, that we screw it up or we're in a place in, in our life that we're not open to a relationship and we let a good time pass us by or we're not authentic with who we are. So it makes it almost impossible for the relationship to thrive. And so what I, I did, I started to uh, research over two and a half years. I interviewed 1500 people. And I asked some very profound questions about relationships. And what I discovered is that everyone was playing a different hand. And what happened was six months after when they discovered the hand they were playing, they were playing, one of the partners folded. So I wanted to create a, a situation when I looked at the relationship world and there was a void in it. Everyone talked about how to, you know, find Mr. and Mrs. Wright, how to, you know, get someone to say I do, you know, talked about men are from Mars and what and women are from Venus or whatever, but no one talked about how to make sure that you don't screw up an opportunity for a second date. And that's all this book is about. Your first date is all about going out and having a good time. If, you know, if most people are like me, as much as I think I got my stuff together, if you get me on stage, I can do the perfect presentation, talk about anything and everything. But you get me one-on-one -on -one with uh, a woman, I become mush mouth. I stutter and I do everything else, whatever. I, you know, that little man inside your head that says, don't say this, my mouth says, go ahead and say it and see what she says. And the other man laughs, I told you not to say it. And so what I did, I created 54 cards. Two are jokers. Um, the other two are conversation um, cards. The whole book was designed that, say, for example, Nina, I asked you out. And before we commenced our first date, I would buy a copy of the book. I would have one. I'll give you a copy. And we would go to someplace public. And I would, you know, in the back of the book, there's 54 cards. I would cut out the, um, the cards, present you the book. The only conversation we have for an hour and a half are based on the cards that we play. The two jokers are designed to either have you elaborate on a uh, on a conversation or a card that you decided to kind of, you know, tiptoe around or to get a second chance to ask the question a different way. So everything that you would need to know about a person that you would discover um, through trial and error in this in experience, you'll learn on the very first day. And let me tell you, it's an hour and a half of nothing but fun. So it almost makes it impossible unless you are an imposter to um, not get an, a, a chance as a second day. So it alleviates the fact of being ghosted. It alleviates the fact of why didn't he text me or call me or whatever the case may be. It will also alleviate the fact of just because you need a warm body to lay next to and whatever of having that weekend and having to show up on Monday and wonder why the weekend was so great. But the other five days of the week was just miserable. So that that's the reason why I did the book. I wanted I wanted someone um, else in this world to um, not go through the experience I did. And one of the things you have to do going into any relationship is be genuinely authentic about who you are. And the first person you got to get to know the truth is look in the mirror because that person knows everything about you. And if you lie to him, you're lying to your soul. And we don't want that. So that's how the book came about. It, and it's funny as crap. So now you you are are you married now? I, I am married now. And how long have you been married this time? 
It'll be six years in um, December 9th. She purposely married me on December 9th because my birthday is December 10th, so I wouldn't forget it. Okay, now let me ask you, when you when you met her, how did you meet her? I met her while I was going through the process of, uh, of my divorce. We weren't quite in a relationship, but we were going through the process. It took me a long time to go through a process, and she was a good friend. And uh, the funny thing uh, about it is that when I first met her, we weren't dating. And there were a lot of things about her that I really and truly wasn't into because I had kids and uh, and my kids were young at that time. And I didn't want to expose my my kids to a relationship that didn't support good family values and didn't want to enter someone, have someone enter into my, my life that didn't have a, a strong commitment to their faith. And plus, the other thing is I had spent most of my, my life as an athlete and whatever. I got tired of paying rent, car payments and everything else. So I wanted someone that was going to be able to stand on their own. And um, three years afterwards, and it took me 10 years to get a divorce, um, I found out one day we were, we were dating. And I found out by accident because she introduced me as her better half. And I'm going, what? And then, you know, the story's from there. And we had known each other for 20-something well, Wait a minute. You said something. You just, I want you to pump your brakes. You said you wanted someone that could stand on their own. Explain that to me. Well, one of the things is I've got a very strong personality and I didn't want anyone in my life that um, I could push around. And I also didn't want um, anyone in my life that wasn't strong in their commitment to what they were doing in life. I didn't want any anyone that um, basically couldn't support their own. You know, I have been through. What do you mean by support their own? What do you mean by that? Remember, I said I didn't want anyone. I had to pay the mortgage. I didn't have to clear the credit. I didn't want to have to do this, whatever. I wanted someone that had a credit score that that would, would support their own. I was at a point in my, my life that um, I I was tired of being Santa Claus, you know, and I wanted. But wait a minute. Now, you know, no, so how old are you now? Oh, bless. You got to ask me that question. Yes. Less. How old? The reason. Well, let me give you a context for that question. I'm 78. I'm 60. You know what? I, let me tell you how I'm my mother 64. raised me and my brothers. My mother said to us, she they she said, "I want you to listen to me." I said, "Yes, ma'am." She said, "When you get married, if your wife has a job and a husband too, one of them's got to go." She said, "A woman is to be protected." and to be provided for. A man provides and protects. A woman should never pay bills. A man, I'm not talking about a grown boy. A man pay the bills and provide financial security for the family by the commitment of his knowledge, his skills, his talents to make sure that the family is able to live a life of love, happiness, and great experiences, and so I'm 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 just caught off guard. My my daughter told me about this guy they went out to dinner with, and and the guy paid for his bill, and she paid for hers. Well, well, but see, I would, if I'm a female. Well, see, I would never go out with a guy that would not pay my bill. Well, see, believe it or not, Les, I don't disagree with you. I grew up with a Southern uh, upbringing, and so I, I know how to treat a woman. But uh, one of the things is I wanted to make sure with my 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 daughters is that they didn't get hooked up with a predator based on someone that was buying them nice and shiny things. I've always wanted my, my daughters to, to always be able to stand on their own. And I, I agree. If you read a book by John D'Agostini, he talks about... Uh, male masculinity. He will also talk about this conversation of what we've been taught as um, men on how we're supposed to be a man. And he will tell you that some of the conversation that you're having right now in that it is a standard that in today's marketplace, that um, men cannot live up to that the way it was when you and I grew up. One Why the, not? What, pre what prevents let me, that? Let me finish. One of the things my grandfather told me when I got married to my children's mother, you know, sat me down. And when I told him I was engaged, he came in. And he says, you know, you got any money in your pocket? And I said, yeah. And I pulled out a five dollar bill. He took the five dollar bill and, and he took a five dollar out, out of his pocket and he crumbled it up, put both five dollars on five dollar bills on the table. And he says, um, can you tell me which one is mine and which one is yours? I said, I have no idea. He said, go home and do it to your wife. He says, if your wife 
can pull out a $5 bill and said, this is mine, you're always going to have money problems because it's going to be mine and hers. The whole thing with with a relationship in today's current market is under understanding what your love language is. And there's got a lot of women that are out there today that are a lot more successful than men. And men are struggling with the identity in a relationship of being what, quote unquote, is the man. But you have to re realize money okay, has no commitment and no value to anyone other than the experience we that can bring us through through money. With the relationship, relationships are, are, are buying by people's hearts. And if my heart now, I've never had a woman. Um, I've only had one woman buy me roses and I married her. That was my kid's mother. But I've never had a woman buy me dinner because I refuse. That's not the way I taught. I'm not saying to go out there and be cavalier, but I'm saying that every woman should have her own space, her own mind. And a man's job and responsibility is protect, support and provide for her. But she doesn't have to be dependent on that man. But you do have to, with the Southern bring, bringing, understand the role of a, of a man in relationship and respect that and protect that, whereas a man is supposed to provide and protect her also. But the same point is that men are not taught to be vulnerable, emotional, and, and so forth. And a woman's got to cover the fact that a man has a heart just like she does. So I don't disagree with what, what you just said, but all, all men and women do not conduct themselves like that. More women are trying to take the role uh, of a man and tell a man how he's supposed that to That is not true. That is not true. You will be surprised. No, 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 no. When you think about it now, we we are all products of the, the culture that we're in, the environment, the people that we see between ages zero and seven, the conversations that we hear. Let me share something with you that affected me for years and I did not find out until I was in my 60s. I went to speak to some foster kids. A friend of mine, Karen Bell, she set it up. And after I left them, I said to her, she was driving me back to Columbus, Ohio. I said, those kids need a lot of help. They need some therapy to help them to discover who they really are. And she said, you need some help too. I said, who are you talking to? You? I asked her, I said, I was shocked. I said, why would you say that? How long I've known you? Probably since I've left Columbus, about five, six years. How many times have you moved in those five or six years? About 14 times. She said, do you mind if we pull over for a moment? I said, not at all. We pulled over. She said, I want to ask you a question. Where are you now? I said, Chicago. The place that you got, I want you to tell me what was the statement you made to yourself when you put the key in the door and turned the knob and opened the door. Well, I said, I can tell you what I said. What? I said, I like this. It's a corner condo. It's beautiful downtown Chicago, Lakeshore Drive. No, 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 no. She said, I want you to stop. I want you to go back into your mind, close your eyes, take a deep breath. And I did. And she said, I don't want you to say to me what you said out loud. I want you to share with me the voice in your head when you turn the key and open the door. Pause for a moment. I said, I'm not going to be here long. Why did you say that to yourself? because my mother's not here. Les, you're a foster kid. Anybody's body that you've been in for nine months and they're not in your life, 
she gave you to Mamie Brown, there's a connection and you've been looking for her. Now I want you to tell me something and be very honest. Tell me about your relationships. I said, I haven't been good at that. And tell me why. Just tell me why. Tell me what's in your heart. At, at some time I feel if the woman who gave birth to me put me up for foster care, me and my brother, and left us, it won't be long before this person leaves me. And, and if they don't, I'm going to be so combative and so angry and resentful and not feeling deserving. I'm going to act like such an ass that they will have to go. You know, there's a quote I'll never forget. I, I woke up in the middle of the night after that conversation with her that weekend. It was in a movie called Magnolia, Tom Cruise. And there was a line that said, we might be through with our past, but our past is not through with us. You know, I did not know that was affecting me in my relationships. I had no idea. Martin Seligman in a book called Learned Optimism that between the ages of zero and seven, the things we see, the things that we experience, the people that we're around, the environment where we find ourselves impact our vision of ourselves, it to a very large extent, influence our choices and how we interact with people. But most of all, how we feel about ourselves because I felt undeserving of love because my birth mother gave us away, not until I got on the path of self-development like yourself, that I came to the revelation that I wasn't given away, that I was chosen with love. Mamie Brown chose me, she didn't care carry us for nine months. She just saw us and it was love at first sight and said, I'll take them. And I promise you, I will not separate your twins. Yep. Yep. And true that. And that's the reason why <clears throat> when you, when you read the book, the conversation we're having, the book is not as heavy as the conversation we're having, but the first truth that you have to go through, and you'll see that in chapter one through three, um, before you ask someone else, you have to come to come to knowing who you are. Because even the conversation you just had right now on the first date is a little heavy. All right. She may not be ready for that. But I will tell you, the 54 cards that are in, in the back of the book will allow that conversation to manifest within itself at the time it needs to be said. And it will be received as to whereas this conversation is much too deep or whatever the case may be. It'd be more welcome because, you know, the, the exchange of each card ask another question about how you deal with your finances, how you deal with your romances, how you how your commitment between your friends versus your relationship, you know, how it feels uh, about your your children, your pets or whatever, your favorite foods or whatever the case may be, what your priorities are. All those cars have that conversation, but it's so lighthearted. You know, it becomes fun. And every single person that I have uh, has read a copy of the book, and I always know if someone's read a copy of the book, when I have a film producer that's looking at my my um, um, book for uh, Hallmark and they're going through, you know, when I introduced the book to her, I actually gave her to her husband because I had paid them a compliment and did not know that, that the relationship was in peril. He came back a couple of days later and he approached me and I was a little threatened because of the way he came uh, about me. He said, I just wanted to let you know. He says, whatever you said to my wife made her day. And I said, um, did she read, did, you know, read the book? And he says, no, I didn't get a chance to because she read the book and thought he was dating already. She came back four weeks later, and I, it was unbeknownst to me that they had already gone through the process of uh, separating. And she put a halt to their divorce proceedings because she said there was something in that book. She said there was some work that had to be done on her, that she was imposing things on him, that it was her problem. And this is March. January 2023, they redid their vows and happily ever after. 
I didn't know my book had that level on it. But the whole book makes you think a lot about yourself before you get involved with someone else. It shows a man, you know, <clears throat> how to be a man within himself and allow himself to be vulnerable for a woman to receive him. Because you can't ask someone to love you when you're not in love with yourself or you don't know how to love yourself. You know, you can't ask someone to come into your life when you're still carrying things around us, weighing you down about your life and you expect to have, have, have them have a happy life. So, you know, the, the whole thing. Okay, but you know what? Let's get Nina in here. Nina, yeah. you've been, you've been very quiet. I've been back awfully here. quiet. I've been awfully quiet. Um, I don't know. I have mixed emotions about a lot of things that have been said. Um, I think first off and foremost, one of the things that kind of, unnerve me was that we're let we're allowing society to dictate our relationships Social media with, all, with all with all due respect you said you were tired of doing this you were tired of taking care of someone and respectfully you just said something that to me contradicts it we talk about who we bring to the relationship you bought a man to the relationship who felt that what he had to offer was to take care of someone. Now, I personally believe as a woman that we have to find natural roles, not societal roles, but natural roles. Women are naturally nurturers and caregivers. Men are naturally providers and protectors. Okay. Um, and, and most animal species, that is the case with, with a few exceptions, but something i had to ask myself okay when i say i'm tired of running to this kind of guy that kind of guy right i have to look at me why do i continue to attract that kind of person my parents were married for 50 years they were only married to each other they have no outside children i have three siblings we all have the same mother and father and as my dad likes to say your mom and i still be married if she hadn't up and died on me right mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that's his joke so i had I witnessed what I consider to be a very healthy relationship. My mother was gone. Uh, she left the planet like 12 years before my father took off his wedding band, that kind of thing. And we used to always say to him, dad, why, you know, we're okay as your daughters if you date. And he says, nope, because once you, he said it wouldn't be fair to the other woman because I would be constantly comparing her. I was in my marriage for 18 years and I was separated for 10 before we got a divorce, right? And me and my former husband are still very good friends. We get along very well. So I think a lot of things that I'm hearing sounds more like choices instead of circumstances. They sound like choices. And we have to know ourselves, what we're comfortable with. The conversation that um, the story that, that Les shared with us, I personally would not be bothered hearing that on the first date. As a matter of fact, if someone was able to be that open and that vulnerable to me on a first date, I would be more swept off my feet than if you took me to the most whatever restaurant and did whatever. Because money is like a double-edged sword, right? You take care of the things that you love. You take care of the things that you care about, right? And so it's it's for me it's like a balancing act i don't want i want to contribute to my relationship but i don't want to have to because i feel like my partner should care and take care of me i'm going to do what i do to take care of him now i heard you say something about being strong and what have you you know and i and, and Les made alluded to this earlier i'm a very i have a very strong personality okay and I've told people in the past, and don't take this the wrong way because I can't think of a better way to say it. The weaker you are, the stronger I'll have to be. Okay? So mm -hmm. you step up and do your part. I am extremely feminine when the situation allows me to be, but that's kind of what we've gotten into. We've gotten into a society that perpetuates, okay, what I call, there's a, there's a play uh, called Checkmates. It was written by Ron Milner, a Detroit playwright. And it's an older couple counseling a younger couple. And this guy's like, you don't understand. You know, we used to hunt with bow, spears and bow, bow and arrows, and now we hunt with dollar bills and beamers. 
But if you step back and think about it, is that what we're really feeling in our heart or is that what society is telling us? When I close the doors to my home and I'm just with me and my partner, that's between us and nothing else should enter into our marital contract, our our relationship contract, what we agree on. But to me, if you're living together and I got to do this and you got to do that, we're not partners. We're roommates. I can do the same exact thing with my best friend. And so where does that trust factor come in? Where does that vulnerability on both parties? When, like I said, my my former husband and I, we were separated for 10 years. No legal agreements, no anything. Every month he took care of certain things, right? And even now, because we had a deep respect for each other. We had an understanding when we first came together. Okay. And that didn't go anywhere. And I've always, as a woman, wondered why you're okay taking care of your children, but you're not okay taking care of the mother of your children. There's something dynamically wrong or strategically wrong to me because she's the one that gave birth. And that doesn't necessarily elevate her to a pedestal, but it should make you question yourself because even a farmer checks out the soil before he plants his seed. Exactly. Come on now. Okay. Come on, Holy Ghost. So if you want to start talking about, well, she's this, she's that shit, you knew that and you chose it anyway. Okay. Even a farmer checks the soil we'll before see. he plants his seed. So hang on, stay with me. So I find it hard as a woman. Uh, whether it's women talking about men, which is something I totally and completely dislike. I remember telling a girlfriend of mine, she was fussing at her twin sons. And I said, baby, stop fussing at them, encourage them, teach them, motivate them. And she says, why? I said, because by the time a male gets 14, 15, 16 years old, like with a mother like you fussing all the time, he can't even hear anymore. It's like Charlie Brown, wah, wah, you know, I don't hear. All I hear, I don't hear constructive criticism. What I hear is just the the destructive criticism. So I think for me, um, I've been single for a long time, a long time, had checked myself out because I, I saw an example that in my life was amazing. I saw two people that they did everything together. And I remember a friend of mine asked my father, how did you stay married 50 years? He said, because every choice I made, I asked myself the question, is it in the best interest of the relationship? Is it in the best interest of the relationship? So when we, again, not to jump on you, but when you say, well, she's got to be self-sufficient, she's got to have her own credit score, whatever, you're already putting, you did, babe. I said, you're not jumping on me. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It, it, It already puts a divide. To me, it's like a prenuptial agreement. Okay. You're already planning for failure. You're already planning individuality. You know, Khalil Gibran in The Prophet, he says, you know, in something to the effect of your two pillars in a building, not too much closeness, but you still have to have your space. I get that. But I don't think the space should be as measurable as finances are. I think that is so distinct and so measurable that it can actually create a divide. I make this, you make that. But anyway. All right. See, and this is the reason why when when I do interviews, Mm -hmm. I I also reserve doing interviews for people that have actually read the book. Because what, what normally happens when someone doesn't read, read the book, they come with a different agenda. And I hear, you know, 30 minutes of I this and I that. And you, you'll hang on one or two words instead of not listening to the fact that when Les said what the way that we were taught, I had a Southern upbringing. I agree. He asked me a question of why. That was my own personal. I interviewed 1,500 people. And the first question I asked in, in every uh, topic is why and i asked it five different ways because what what i've learned is that when you ask a question and most lawyers do this they ask you if you ever had to to defend yourself against a lawyer they ask you five different ways the same question they phrase it different the first time you lie you say what you think the person's here 
then you ask the question the same question a different type of way and that person will defend um that position on there donald trump was is an expert at it you ask him the third third time in a different way he or she and they start to peel back the layers of the actual conversation that needs to be had the fourth and fifth part of that layer just like a banana is actually the truth the whole thing about uh, this book is not to define mr and mrs right the whole thing is to create a conversation where i get to know you you get to know me you know, know where i'm at life is about two things chance and choices and the actions that follow you know let's set it itself life rewards uh action when you find and especially with the man you can you can have the worst man on this planet he's had a dozen bad relationships but if he can find a way to justify changing his behavior that man will walk on fire so every conversation i said about what i was tired of i should have said i got tired of being manipulated and used and cheated on by other women i didn't say that and the reason why i didn't say it that way because it's none of your business you know i didn't want to put it out out there like that what i wanted to say is that if you had read the book and understand the first three chapters of it is you coming to your own truth and you said it yourself is that you keep dating the same person over and over again and as less would say it you create a situation when you keep doing the same things that you've always done you keep getting the same outcome and you've already got a blueprint of what you um think is the perfect relationship in your family and i'm saying why you're looking for relationships is other than what you've been taught to do you keep bringing these bad men into your relationship hoping they will change a good man will find a reason to change a good man that says look i want you to have your, your your own business your own life and support you so that way if something ever happens to me you don't have to be subject to some predator that's going to come and take everything that we built together with my kids or whatever because there's some slick guys out there with the help of the internet everyone's got a perfect body everyone's got a perfect profile and we get baited into these situations and then all of a sudden it's what was me the key thing is understanding who you are and who you're ready for and that person coming into your life so I, I will almost guarantee you that if you read any part of the book, your position in a way you think that you you attack me, which I hear all the time. No, yeah. we're not attacking you. No, no I'm, we're I'm, just I'm, asking I'm, questions. I'm, okay, but here's what you know what I like to know because you and I both are good communicators. I like to know if you went on a date for someone, let's say you're already together dating for about two or three months and you had good chemistry, good energy you you enjoyed and had special experiences that you created with the, each other that you came to a place where you felt that life is is not about the number of breaths that we take but the number of moments and experiences that we create that take our breath away after that i just want to know in what context would you ask What's your credit store score? And if and if I'm the young lady say, well, my credit is toe up from the floor up. What would you say? Would you well, end the relationship there? No, I wouldn't end the relationship. The whole thing is education. Is how open are you to understand? If I if I do a better job of managing my finances, and you're open to understanding the 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 power of under of, of keeping our finances in order um that will be a different thing but that question you just asked will come up in, in a very passive way uh and with the 54 cards on there you'll be more than happy to do that without asking someone's credit score you know um i've cleared someone's debt before it's not important because i cared i didn't want anybody to feel comfortable i also know the relationship with money is not here it's it's a visitor in, in my life and the whole thing mike tyson said it you know himself you know it's no good at having money unless you can help someone else do something good with it you know it's about experience so her, her credit score is not bad it's the behavior that created the bad credit score that's bad you know mm. when you when you i i know men that will pay their car payment before they they pay their child support yeah okay. unfortunately and uh, tell be. people how they can get the book because i'm going to read it tonight I'm at my daughter's house. The book is not here. I'm going to have that book brought to me over here so I can read it. And we're going to revisit this conversation and it'll be on a, another level. But the right. whole concept, I love the concept, dating with a full deck. And that to me means being mentally healthy and emotionally 
and spiritually and in alignment with someone that you have chemistry, you share some values that are very important that you say to this person, I want to do life with you. Yep. I want to go to the end of the road with you. Yep. And that, to me, what I glean from this conversation is that that's where the cards take you. Yep. Interacting with each other, laughing, yep. talking, allowing you to remove, as George Benson said, the mask. The masquerade is over. Right. And you allow the person to see the real you. Right. You're exactly right. And you get a chance to see the real you before you invite someone else to meet you. Um, so you can get it's the book great. on Amazon.com. I'm in the process of putting it on Audible. Um, I uh, wasn't going to do it, but I've I've been speaking to some groups uh, with mental health issues because I suffered a concussion. So I'm going to do that for them. But Amazon.com, the book is Dating with a Full Deck. And like I said, you know, if you can get your partner to read and you're, you're, you're a reader and you love to read, um, that person is going to love you because it's at, at a point you'll find out you have so many things in common and the things that you don't in, have in common, everyone's open to learning when they love someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm afraid uh, of heights, but I go rock climbing with my wife. I don't mind going up. It's just coming down to scares the living crap out of me. <laughs> it leaves some hash marks in your pants. Okay, I understand. All right. Well, uh, I, I, we're gonna we're gonna circle back together. I'm just very proud to call you my friend. I feel that people that are listening, I encourage you to get the book. I am curious about these cards. I will go through them and 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 do it with someone first with myself. And that with someone that I will perhaps find and select and see what kind of openings and and possibilities that can be created for that. But well, I don't know many people that want to date somebody 78. <laughs> there are a lot of people, a lot of people looking for, for love, experience in life. They will date you. You're, you're a good person. But what I will suggest don't look at the cards first because everyone's going to run in and, and, and look at the cards. Look at it with the experience of that, that person because, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you an answer, uh, an example of one of the cards. All right. So, Nina, uh, I notice you have a dog. I do have a dog. All right. Yeah, so name Miles. If you, if you and Les were on a boat uh -huh. and the boat capsized and the only person that could swim is you uh -huh. and you have one opportunity to rescue your dog, or less, who would you save? Less. Okay. Now, the conversation from that, uh, you, you can determine, uh, there was a lady that I interviewed that would not date anyone unless the dog liked her. I can. Well, go back, say that. <laughs> not date any man unless the dog liked the man. All her relationships had failed because they didn't get along with the dog. She had, she had one. She had one guy that uh, fell madly in love with, but he was allergic to animals. Mm -hmm. Okay, I told her you could have got Sudafed. Why'd you toss him out? She goes, every time he came around, he got sick or whatever. I couldn't do that. I said, you keep tossing out good relationships based on a dog. And the reason why I said a man can find a way to love your dog, but mm -hmm. you gotta find a way to get your man to love your dog. Yeah, absolutely. And and also sounds to me like she was hiding behind the dog. That's and 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 that's the and that's the, the lighthearted conversation that I I have over forty years of studying human behavior. I do have one of those certificates that said I'm a life coach. But when you look at that, you know, there's an answer behind everything. It's just like most women. You read dating books, and they'll tell you, "Don't um, tell him about your children until you're six months in." Why are you going to subject that that man or woman to these bad kids? Give them enough sugar, let them cut up and whatever, and find out if the man's willing to work with you or not. You know, he can he can grow to love your kids. You know, the kids can grow to love him. And believe it or not, if he loves you, he'll grow to love anything that you you do. Anything. I that, agree. Anything Even if they're baby kids, I agree with that. Even though yes. they're baby kids, you're exactly right. Because I think when when something when you love someone and something is valuable to them, 
you at least learn to respect and love because it's a part of, of, of them. Would I not date anybody that my dog didn't like or didn't like my dog? No, that's not, that wouldn't be the case for me. Uh, but if you're hiding behind the dog and dogs sense your energy, they really sense your energy. And, uh, but then that's going to be your outcome. But, but, because but at a subconscious, at a subconscious level, you're sabotaging. You're, yep. you're self-sabotaging probably out of a fear of making a commitment and you make a commitment to the dog because the dog can't fight back. And you look at the psychology of just that little bit of a conversation based on, on, on that, it will, will tell the truth of how flexible and how much he's willing to work at the relationship. And it's the same thing on, 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 on the other end. And that's the reason why the cards work. You know, people laugh. You don't want to talk about your politics. If you're a person that's deep into your religion, you got someone that uh, doesn't have a strong faith. You know, Les, you and I both know, you know, you will go to church if it's Gladys Knight sitting there. <laughs> okay. Did you go there? I know he didn't go there. He went there. I, I know that you you didn't come for me. I I I didn't call for an Uber. I, right. He did. He did just come for me. Just no. And you didn't even follow. But I think you know for what what I'm hearing, um, at least the way my mind is translating it. At the end of the day, your values have to be consistent. If 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 your spirituality is is valuable to you, then your partner it has to be even if it's different. And it's a matter of respecting what's valuable and important. To yes. someone, absolutely. If it's, I don't have to agree with you, yes. but if I respect that it's important to you, then all aspects of what is important. If if this thing moves you and it drives you and it motivates you and it compels you and it's a part of who you are, how can I say I love you and I don't love something that is that important? to you. I don't embrace it. I don't give it room to understand it. And like you say, grow to love it, even if I don't initially, you know, because how you practice is how you play. Uh, Nina, I love you. I love you. Les, you got to share this woman. When I do my next speaking engagement, she's my opening act. She's, <laughs> she's bad. She's she bad. Well, right. listen, we're going to circle back together. I, I, I just want to say to to you, Nina, Yes, sir. I, I know. How long have you and Miles been together? Miles and I have been together eight years. Okay. Well, Miles, I know he's listening to the conversation. Please do not call me and hang <laughs> up on me and threaten me because Nina said she would choose me over you. She's going to feed you tonight. <laughs> and so she don't mean no harm no. because I can speak and make some money. You can't. All you can do is bark and poop. That's all you can do and love her. And so wait. don't be calling me, threatening me, okay? Because I'm caring. I, I I live in Atlanta. I carry. Miles, mm. <laughs> your life that's is brown. He the, just looked at me. The great. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to reading the book, and um, please, by no means, um, was I trying to just focus on one aspect oh. I, as a matter of fact i'm going i'm going to read it because i think just from listening to you how you explain things how you carry yourself i know without even having read the book that there are definitely kernels of wisdom because i'm talking to a wise man like i'm not talking to joe blow you know scam artists oh, this, so, this so. is nothing this is mild when when i when i do my speaking engagements I give everyone in the audience a, a, a card and we talk about the cards and whatever. And then, you know, someone brings up that one conversation about deal breakers. And so I have a pen and paper and I always bring up one person. She writes down the, the deal breakers that everyone raises their hand and says they have a deal breaker. And I will tell you, OK, there's only one percent of the people that this doesn't work with. When I tell you that if you and I. We're on a cruise ship with 5,000 people and we hit rough seas and whatever. And that ship sank. And for the whole time, I was the cat on board and you hated everything about me. Couldn't stand to be with me. And I was all over you in the boat. And you and I were the only two survivors. And because I want to make sure you're on a beautiful tropical island is that we're stranded with no chance of ever being rescued. 
I will tell you after 72 hours, after the temperature drops below 40 degrees, 97.6 feels a lot better when it's snuggled up against 97.6. As much as you didn't like the conversation I had with you on the boat, if I get out every single day and vice versa, and I go out and fish and whatever, you know, sooner or later, after three days, your stomach starts to tell you it needs something in it if I'm willing to share it with you. But if it rains and it gets cold and you know how to build a house and I don't, sooner or later I will come in and, you know, you tell me you're going to give me shelter. Um, I'll take shelter. And after we've been there for a couple of days, even the man that won't pay attention to anything you say would be a big fan and he'll have a front row seat to every conversation you have. So deal breakers are just BS because those are roadblocks you put in front of your own happiness because a man is subject to change when he can justify it. And a woman is, is, is open to receiving that message if the man is willing to crawl over hot fire in order to make her happy. And with only, the only two of you guys, he will protect you the same way you will protect him. You will make it work. Dating with a full deck. His name is Kevin McLemore. I tell you this. Wait a minute, did I pronounce it wrong? Yeah, you know, you pronounced it right. I thought you were going to call me by my first name. I was about to hang up on you. No, okay. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to circle back, but this has been fun, man. I love it. I'm very proud of you. Love you very much. And I'm so glad that we are reconnected. You're a wonderful person. And, and thank, thank you, you so sir. much. And to our listeners, they're both Les Brown um, Show and also the RMK Productions and talking with Kevin and McLemore. I want to thank everyone for sharing this space. Um, we are always here. If you like what you heard, go to Les Brown um, and Google Les Brown and go to lesbrown.com. If you want a booking for any shows and whatever, he is so worth it. I've seen him personally perform. I would pay him double to hear his message and his life story. And it's no BS. He's got a million dollar smile. And if you like what you heard, share this podcast, not only with RMK Productions and Network on my YouTube page, but go to Les Brown. I want to thank everyone for uh, listening. I, Les, it's an honor to allow you to have my show today and for me to be a guest on in your show. My grandfather always said, when you get to a place in life that you can help someone, it is your duty to do so. He said, reach one, teach one. And we're out and we'll fade to black. Thank you, Les Brown. Thank and you. Miss Nina. Thank you, guys. Right. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye for now. Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>